Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. Um, you know, joking aside, um, 
I teach kids, and teaching kids is really um, near and dear to my heart. I know there are people out there that don't think kids should be taught because of the whole, oh, just watering down the system and stuff like that. And um, those people, you know, honestly, for me, I would have to say that I'm not watering down the system. I'm just teaching it in smaller chunks. So, you know, in comparison to an adult who might take three, you know, two months to get to uh, the first rank, like Orange Belt, you know, um, they get longer, but they get little stripes on their white belt so that they're making progress. You know why? Because little kids, ones that are like, you know, five, six years old, they, you know, they don't really have, you know, a concept of time like us adults do, you know? Three months is a long time, okay? Three months is a long time. So, yeah. Uh, Bobby, Edmund, Bobby Edmund says, how not to look like a freaking jerk? Uh, nine, 905 of the freaking country need to be tuning in tonight. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, send some shout-outs out there to people that are watching already. We've got John Lupo watching, Danny Bold watching, Gerald Okamura is watching. Hi, Jeff. Um, Bobby's watching, of course, and commenting. Ramayon is also watching. Uh, America Sabasis, he's watching. CJ Mayo is watching also. Oh, hey, that reminds me. CJ, um, your uh, T-shirt, um, with Cat's logo on it yet? Because if so, uh, we're going to announce uh, the winners and your name on it, and uh, we'd like to see a picture of you on it. So post that picture down below. For that. Um, uh, let's see. Sean Davis also watching. And Jenny Long is also watching. She's going to be in a little bit later to tell us about her products. Cat, uh, call now. <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not turn on your mic until later, but call now. Just sit around. Okay. Um, Sean Davis. Ah, um, uh, you're so sweet. He's my beautiful friend and mentor. Sean, God bless you. John Lupo says, there's no mercy in his chat. <laughs> mercy? What's that? <laughs> The, the Cobra Kai sense would say mercy is the week. Um, uh, man, I meant that 90% of the country needs to be tuning in today um, in regard to how not to look like a freaking churn. And John says, am I going to have to get out of baseball bat and give someone a lesson? <laughs> 95% of the country, John. 95% of the country. <laughs> Anyhow, whoo. So, How's everyone doing tonight? Um, I'm alone in tonight. That's okay. Well, until un, until uh, comes uh, cat comes on, I'm gonna bring her on a little bit later after a few announcements and stuff like that. Hey, shout out to Mitch Scheimer who is watching. All right, so um, tonight, you know, I since we're gonna be talking about uh, teaching kids and signs of a good instructor, if you're a martial instructor um, and each kids, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear some of your teaching tips as well as the comments here in the comments below um, if you're watching this on Facebook. Um, and um, it'd also be great if we got uh, some of your guys' input on what you believe makes a good instructor or what not to do, how not to act, how how to conduct yourself properly as a um 
Larson Tractor. Kano is watching, and if I remember correctly, Bill, shout out to Bill, his birthday is this week. In fact, let me birthday is on Saturday, October 6th. So happy, happy birthday there, Bill. Bill is an old high school friend of mine. Mitch Scheimer says, hey, Dumbass. We got Randy Taylor watching. Um, so, oh, sorry, Randall Taylor watching Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio. So, Randall, is is your last name, pardon my ignorance, is your last name uh, pronounced Taylor? I just want to oh, make sure I get that right. Um, and and Josh was going to need some more baseball. Yes. <laughs> so, with that, you want to start off. Uh, this week, well, let me go ahead and put my, put my birthday slides. What did I do with the birthday slides? There they are. All right. So, as of today, we've got um, for birthdays Rose Ramos um, Acevedo, Ellen uh, Stone Moore, and Jerry Awesome. <clears throat> Jerry's a really cool knife maker. On Wednesday, October 3rd, we've got Food genuine Lee of uh, Northwest Wushu. She is a sister school of Seattle Wushu Center. And we do a lot of demonstrations together and stuff like that. Joe Rebello, his birthday is also the third. Thursday, October 1st, Sensei Wayne Riley. That's his birthday. Um, he was a frequent visitor here, but he's been busy lately, so I haven't heard, heard Hyde North of him for a little bit. Um, Preter, a former student of mine, his birthday is also on Thursday the 4th. And a, another old school friend of mine, Chrissy Rickman. On Friday, October 5th, Malia Bernal is celebrating her birthday. Hey. Uh, Richard Tuttle, Dave Page, and Panfilo de Amore. Panfilo is a uh, previous Bukukan Karate uh, colleague. And uh, October 6th is Bill Kano. And Allison Chan. So, everyone having a birthday the week of, uh, what is today? The 30th to the 6th. This tune is for you. I want to wanna wish you a happy birthday. I want to wanna help you celebrate. I want to wanna wish you lots. Bossy, bossy in the island way You'll be jamming all night Till the light of day Your birthday, birthday is your day to shine Another year and you'll be looking fine So have a no worries, don't you hesitate It's time to bossy, bossy, time to celebrate Happy birthday, everyone. Make it birthday. So, are me okay? Or is it cat that thinks I'm waking up? Because <laughs> if, it's, if, it's, uh, if, it's, if you guys are hearing me okay, then cat, it's your internet. <laughs> anyway, let me, know, uh, let me know, folks, if you can hear me okay. Um, Randall Siler. Siler. Sorry about that, Randall. 
That's why I had to ask. So, um, anyway, Kat says that I'm breaking up really, really bad. Bobby Edmund says, can hear you just fine. So, try this, Kat. Go ahead and hang up and try calling back because sometimes you just need a better connection. So, uh, Mitch says, I love the safari and vibe and eating cake. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. So, um, get some news up here. Rick Kellerman says, reading you five BT five A O K. Randall Sutter uh, says, you're coming in fine here too. So, Cat, it's just you. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> I want to. You clean yet, Cat? All right, kids. So, um, what uh, what I wanted to do, what I was gonna plan actually, is uh, have have uh, have the winners of the uh, T-shirt drawing um, announced. But you know, since Cat's uh, here, let's go ahead and uh, have her do all that. So let's go ahead and. Ah, uh, yes, the ever-present Red Talk. Hey, Kat, how you doing? Uh, I'm all right. You are still breaking up really badly, even though I called and uh, I hung up and recalled. So, um, just uh, try to speak as clearly as possible. You sound like you're breaking up, but... Anyway, hi. Okay. <laughs> Pardon me? I said, okay. Okay. She can't hear me? Is okay. that going on? It's, it's <laughs> just that I hear every other syllable. It's not that I can't hear you, but you're breaking up. Well, that sucks. Well, let's say this. I'm going to call you instead. Okay, great. That's perfect. Okay. Let's try that. Hang on. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> it's not my side. It's always Blog Talk Radio's side. I don't know why. I have no idea. But um, let's go ahead and give Kat a call here. Hello? Hello? Hello, is this better? No, sorry, it's no better. I don't know what's going on. Okay, well, you know, it's like it always seems to be your line. I wonder, you don't have a, you don't have a Skype, do you? Uh, No, I don't think I do. I mean, I had one at one point. I just haven't used it in years. Ah, All right. Well, anyhow, we're just going to go ahead and uh, leave a bit of that here. She's going to talk a little bit about her best product and uh, also explain a little bit about why, you know, all the best like that and the T-shirt winner. So it's all yours, Kat. Okay. Well, um, (laughs) the best (laughs) – I was like, crap, where do I start? (laughs) 
Back in uh, 2010, 2011, I met uh, Robert Anthony Avilas, who is a seven-string violinist. And uh, he was a, he, he wanted to become a doctor, but he became eventually a music major. <clears throat> and in playing his violin, he discovered the mathematical code to our cells uh, throughout our entire body and designed music that uh, complemented that and also tuned in with that and also helped to heal that in that when he plays music that is continually suggesting to your body to, to operate, you know, to recreate cells whole and healthy all the time, uh, it helps to balance the left and right hemispheres of your brain. So he, he and his brother Art uh, discovered how to put this in water, um, which can also be added into inks and into dyes. Therefore, the T-shirts that I'm selling, plus the uh, water, plus the pendants that the disc, that the music, the vibrations in, um, these are all things that that will help any athlete for one, any normal human being. I mean, we all know that we face. You stand in front of the microwave, and those are those are higher higher vibration vibration waves that that really disrupt your body, along with cell phones, along with all kinds of power lines. As you're sitting, uh, right now I'm sitting in the parking lot of, of where I teach, and there's power lines going overhead. And those are things that disrupt your body, disrupt the balance. So in wearing this T-shirt or the pendant or adding the water to your, or, you know, to your shampoos or lotions or uh, water that you drink, uh, they really do a lot to balance and help you feel better all the time. So... In launching my new product, I, uh, I, I had a, several T-shirt giveaways. Several people whom have won. Uh, C.J. Mayo is one. Jamie Larkin Miser is another. Uh, the name is escaping me of the other gentleman from from. Okay, shame on me. <laughs> I should know Tim his name, Dan- and I'm. Tim I'm Dan- and there you go. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> and now, oh, go ahead. Was there? No, go ahead. Oh, that's it, right? CJ Mayo, the organizer. And uh, and there's the logo actually. Take a look at the shirt. So here's the front of the shirt. Uh, that's a cat. It's a big tiger thing. <laughs> that I get actual logo. Um, and then the next logo coming up is the official neck cat name. E-M-A-M-M-A-M-T. Something like that. So it's a badass t-shirt. So, cat, tell us about what, what, what's, a, what's cool about this t-shirt? I, uh, I, I'm sorry. I was trying to to see if I could hear you better on Facebook, but I realized that was a big mistake because now I'm hearing you twice. So um, yeah. I quickly got out of there. <laughs> Help me yeah, again with the there. question because I'm I'm just the having question, a difficult time hearing you. The question is, um, you might want to turn your Wi-Fi off. Um, turn it off. Yeah, turn okay, it off. Wi-Fi's off. Okay. Wi-Fi's off. Yeah. 
kind of Wi-Fi kind of that, and sometimes your mobile phone is better for phone calls like that. Uh, tell, us, tell us what's so special about this shirt and why people should get one. Well, what's so special about the shirt is that it it helps increase your stamina. It helps with balance, especially balancing the left and right hemispheres of your brain. It uh, actually does help increase your strength as well as your flexibility. Uh, These are sorts of things that, you know, for athletes and for martial artists, we all want to benefit from that. Um, But just in everyday life, helping to balance the left and right hemispheres of your brain to be able to reduce stress, and think more clearly, breathe easier. Um, these are the acronyms for BEST is, is uh, balance, for one, and breath, which also helps. Um, energy is the second one. Stamina or strength would be the third one. And then thought, of course, being the last one. Um, and we all... What's that? The the way this helps, sorry, I'm just having difficulty, technical difficulty. The way this helps is that when your body is in balance, uh, especially because it's being thrown off by the toxins that we breathe in the air, car exhaust, things like that, the toxic foods that we eat, um, even even the, the cleaning solutions that we put on our floor and then we put our bare feet on them. And to think that that doesn't affect us, you're wrong, it does. And with this, with my product, it continually helps to balance you and to help you maintain your strength and stamina and everything else that you need just in everyday life, not, not necessarily for training. So to get these shirts or the pendants or the water or the patches, at the moment, those are the, those are the four that I'm selling uh, as far as out of my store. But to go there, you just go to Mall of Heroes, that's M-A-L-L of Heroes, H-E-R-O-E-S, dot com, and go to my store. I believe, H-E-R-O-E-S, yes, and I believe, I believe, uh, I just looked on there the other day, and I believe there's a, a sale going on for the pendant. Um, I don't know if that sale is still going on, but I would jump on there, folks, if you want to get something. I had this uh, technology throughout the last, I guess, eight or nine years of my life, which have been probably some of the most stressful years of my life, as well as the happiest. And I'm just very grateful that I'm able to stay in tune and balanced and grounded, especially. It helps. It does. I've got a uh, technology in a pendant. It's not the same pendant that is uh, in the mall of here. Um, and yeah, it, it does, does help a little bit. And, you know, I know that, but, you know, like Kat said, you know, use a microwave, use a cell phone, you know, when, when we, even when people are, you know, talking over ham radio, even when people are talking over radio, we have faith that our message is going to get across to the other person, not on the phone or a ham radio or 
want to want to stop you or we have faith that the microwave is going to come. But we don't see, we don't see signals go through there to let us talk. We faith in that. We don't question that. We question that technology. So why not? So anyway, go check it out. Uh, mallofheroes.com and what you want to do is you want to look for scroll down and you want to look for uh, Captain Hero characters. <laughs> so, so cool. There you go. <laughs> you know, if anybody else is interested in um, getting involved in selling the product, they can go to the Mall of Heroes and go through the uh, the five gates and learn about becoming an affiliate if they want to. Oh. So technically, if I want to become an affiliate. It's up and running. So you you can just go on the Mall of Heroes, and it'll be on there. But it also, the really nice thing about the Mall of Heroes, when you click on, is that it teaches you about the technology so that you can educate yourself instead of just taking my word for it. And it also gives you references of where it's come from, which doctors um, have said this, that, or whatever. And you can also do your own research on it. So it's not like a, a hidden secret. It's something that is, and we all, we all, I mean, our own bodies have its own, our, our own wavelengths, our own frequencies, if you will. Mm-hmm. And when that's in tuned and lined up and, and operating smoothly, everybody does well. Mhm. Right. Well, all right. Well, get on the mall of here, folks. Well, not now because you know. <laughs> but whenever. <laughs> with us. Okay. So thanks for sending in those pictures. Uh, CJ Mail and and Denver, you would uh, be so kind as to send the uh, um, more. Kathy, whichever you want to do, uh, a couple of pictures of you wearing the T-shirt front and back. That'd be awesome. Oh, wait. You know what? I think it's time to move on to health. So let's move on to health. All right. So we all know that the size really beneficial to us. From the Journal of Alzheimer's Association, uh, this study found that patients with uh, a rare inherited early onset form of Alzheimer's who exercised at 2.5 hours a week had better cognitive performance and fewer signs of Alzheimer's than those who did not. That study, Cat uh, just sent me a text. God damn it, I can't hear you. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. Everyone else is hearing me. I don't understand that. Sorry. All right. Now, the study suggests that the benefits from Alzheimer's might be those who are at the highest risk developing this disease. That supports the suggestion that exercise has a beneficial effect, including slowing the rate of cognitive decline in healthy people 
as well as those that have dementia and those who already have it. Some studies have even found exercise may be tied to a reduced risk of developing Alzheimer's. But a lot of questions including whether there may be other factors like diet, uh, a more social lifestyle, etc. to exercise more for the benefit. So a lot of factors going No, not. 
All right. So, you know, I'm sure you guys have probably wondered about some of this uh, stupid but trivial and, and trivial stuff. You know, I do too. All right. So, number one, why is a building called a building if it's already built? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, this, this is I actually wonder. This is no joke. I got these uh, just, you know, from the Internet, and I, I saw them, and this is what I actually thought as a kid. If an orange is called orange, then why isn't a lemon called a green and a lemon called a yellow? <laughs> why not? Lastly, number three, in court, why do they even ask you if you swear to tell the truth? If you're planning on lying, do they really think you'll tell them? So there you go. That makes you go, hmm. <laughs> All right. So do you have any other things that you can like? Like, uh, why is thought about free yogurt and selling it and right things that make you go hmm now he's humming renee and winter is joining us hi renee how you doing russ Bert is joining us damic 80 is joining us who else is joining us andrew lum is watching eric dutra is watching lawrence carto how you doing rick bears watching. um he's still here so a lot of people watching so far we've got nine people um, watching. So, you know, folks, if you like what your, uh, if you like what our show's about, um, I get a little uh, crazy and a dry sense of humor and stuff like, like that. It's all in fun. Um, we do talk about serious stuff and we do talk about controversial stuff. Um, so, if you like what you're seeing, go ahead and share this. We're going to be talking about teaching kids martial arts and signs of a good instructor. Um, Kat just got disconnected and circuits in her neck of the woods are busy. She can't get through. She's going to keep trying. All right. All right, then. So, here. Oh, all right. Well, let's do this then. And uh, take a short break. And when we come back, we will start our talk about of a good instructor, a.k.a. how to look like a jerk to teach. Because, <laughs> you know, we've seen people like that a few times. Um, head type folks, we'll be right back after this. Don't go away. Hi, I'm Ryan Seacrest for RAD. Over 300 people in this country are killed every week by a drunk driver. That's the equivalent of two 747 plane crashes every single week. And the problem isn't going away unless we all do our part to stop it. So if you see someone who's about to drive after drinking, get the keys. Don't leave it up to anyone else. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. This is Chicago-style hot dog here. I'm not feeling too good. Turns out, along with all the other bad things my cholesterol does, they say it's a risk factor for strokes. Strokes? Sheesh! Good news from National Stroke Association. Exercising, eating right, and asking your doctor about medicines that can help lower your cholesterol, like statins, may reduce the risk of a first stroke. And if you've already had a stroke, it's even more important you lower your cholesterol. Lower your chances of stroke by controlling your cholesterol. Visit stroke.org today. 
Packers. Vikings. We come from different places. Uptown. Downtown. We come to different conclusions. Half empty. Half full. But when we live united, we make a real difference in the building blocks of life. Children succeed in school. Families gain financial stability. The health of our neighbors improves, and suddenly so do our communities. Real change won't happen without you. Live United. So give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Sign up today at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Greetings and welcome to the world's first and only Martial Arts History Museum. My name is Michael Matsuda. I'm founder and president of the museum. Designed as an educational facility, the museum is a fun place for young people and visitors to experience art, history, culture, and tradition and its relationship to the martial arts. Created as a timeline, it reveals how Asian history has had a unique and positive effect on American history. In just under an hour, visitors will be able to explore the culture and tradition of China, Japan, Korea, the Philippines, Thailand, and even Hawaii. You will be impressed with our section on the history of anime and the role Walt Disney played in changing the world. In our media section, Visitors will enjoy reliving their past as they examine our historical timeline of martial arts in film, TV, and print. And as a bonus, visitors will get a thrill from our props from a variety of martial arts movies including The Karate Kid, Kung Pao Movie, Revenge of the Ninja, Wendy Wu, Big Trouble in Little China, and many more. From Anna Mae Wong to President Theodore Roosevelt, to Bruce Lee, to Avatar the Last Airbender, and the Ninja Turtles. The martial arts has not only transformed American history, but it changed the world. The museum is a fun and exciting place to visit for the whole family. All the displays here were designed by the artists from Disney, DreamWorks, The Simpsons, and Halloween Artists. If you are part of the Unified School District, head up a homeschool, boys and girls club, the Boy Scouts, or even church groups, your kids will have a fun time experiencing different cultures and Asian history. I know that there are many great museums out there for our kids to enjoy and explore. Now you can put the Martial Arts History Museum on that list of places to visit. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show. Your source for martial arts talk radio. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back. You're just now tuning in. This is Dojo Talk Radio. And it is our second segment. Finally, we're finally into our division. Yay. <laughs> All right. Let's have a good instructor. So, again, if uh, you have some friends that might be interested in this subject, find um, a good instructor or what to do as a martial arts instructor and teaching kids martial arts. Uh, give them, give them, give them a message, and send them the link, and you know, share this because you know this, this show um, doesn't exist without you guys. So you know, the more fans we can get, the the more people we, we can reach, and stuff like that. And besides, you know, value the the input of the martial community out there. So uh, Sunday, I love it when we see like all these comments down below, and uh, it's me know that. Uh, we're engaging with you guys, and that's great. I like that. Bobby Edmonds says, 
Me? I never say that. I always say, Jesus, so many snakes. So, <laughs> which is, which happens when I'm thinking in the library. Comment below, you know, why do people say, hmm, when they're wondering, hmm? And people like John wrote in and said, hmm, I don't know. And just says, geez, so many snakes. So, any of them. <laughs> um, Let's see. Lorene Hallis is watching. Hi, Lorene, says, uh, says Jane. Thought you were in Cynthia at Universal. Yeah, can we see? Did we see pictures of Universal? I, I thought. Anyway. <laughs> Y'all having fun? You went to Universal? That's awesome. All right. Bobby Edmond, signs of an instructor, 50% discount week only. All right. <laughs> Bobby, he, he is. He, he is. The rut. So, you know, he's, he's a guy to go have a group with. But let's get down and dirty for, well, let me take that back. We're going to get down and dirty. We're going to talk about signs of a instructor. I think we have that's line back, I think. Do we have that's line back, Kat? You there? I'm I'm here. I, I'm having difficulty hearing you. I'm not, it's not that I can't hear you, but you're breaking up, but I'll. I'll I'll muddle through, my friend. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That's weird. You know, it it always seems it's from your phone. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it either. No, I don't know. All right. So let's hear from you guys. We're already getting stuff in the ticker right now. So signs of the good ticker or what not to do. Kevin wrote Nobles has written in. He says, never talk down on your martial arts system. Uh, and he says, this is a great Agreed. point. Great. Thank you so much, Kevin. For Yes, definitely. Do not talk down about um, just the other day I was on YouTube and um, there was um, a guy that was, was commenting on uh, I think it was I think it was C-Lot or no, no, Bobby, it wasn't your, it wasn't it was actually, you know, or, or was it Kung Fu? I don't remember, but it had several, uh, several um, uh, video clips in. And this guy was just rinking all over them. You know, why are they, you know, why are they taking this, this useless bullshit? And, you know, why don't they just learn to fight like real people or real men? That kind of thing. And, and blah, blah, blah. You know, and I was just like, like you know what? I, I all commented on it, but you know, which is the nature of YouTube, all the other keyboard warriors are going to get on there and tell me they can kick my ass, right? So I just didn't do it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, John Lupe says, make sure you're wearing, wearing a cut when teaching little kids. Those boogers go right, right. Oh, make sure you're wearing a cup. A cup. Make sure you're wearing groin protection when you're teaching little kids, because those kids are right <laughs> for the night. They do because it's closest to them. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and Jane goes, um, absolutely in regards to never talking about other systems. It makes you look like an ass. <laughs> I had one there, and then Kat, you can add one, okay? Um, okay. As a martial art, as a martial art instructor, I'm a believer in correct and praise. Me myself, I do 
um, something called Correct Once, Praise Twice. And uh, this works great with the kids, but it also works great with any adult in any of my classes. It's um, something where you start off with a with uh, an acknowledgement. They're really trying hard or that they're working hard. And then you correct something, and they then you, then you have them show it. And if they do a little better, then you say, great job, keep it up. So it becomes kind of like a sandwich, right? A correction in between the praise. And, you know, that correction, especially for kids, when they hear the praise of, hey, you're getting it, good job, right? They continue to work on that correction. It might take a few reminders, but they continue to work on that correction. I've never, ever seen a kid, at least my studio, you know, you guys might have had some, whatever, but at least my studio, I've never seen a kid not respond to the correction sandwich, <laughs> as I call it, you know. Um, and you, and also on correcting, and if they do make improvement, be genuinely excited about it. Think their success, but also yours, because, you know, that's telling you you, you did something right in the actual teaching of the correction or teaching the technique. So there you go. All right. And let's go to Kat. What's one of your tips for how to be a good instructor or what not to do? What not to do? Um, gosh, I think in the, in the, coming up in the martial arts, um, when my instructor was demonstrating on me, she would always, for whatever reason, demonstrate to the point where it looked like I was in intense pain. I mean, I learned how to not show pain. However, when you would demonstrate a technique and you would go extra hard or cinch down extra tight if it was a rear naked choke or whatever, um, mm-hmm. I guess in his mind he was taking out whatever frustrations and angers he had. So that's one thing. Definitely do not do that. When you're demonstrating on somebody, you need to take the utmost care in the person that you're working with. If you need to show a technique, I understand that, but you don't have to go excessively hard in order to demonstrate a technique and how to do it. Right. Right. Good one. Good one. Um, yeah. Bobby writes in, and he writes, YouTube and the Internet in general has allowed every 12-year-old seventh-degree when wouldn't be allowed to speak. In the old days, that's a good. That's a good point. That's a good point. And let's go ahead and address that first. You know, some time ago we had talked on the show about um, kids for black belts, um, and there was there was some mixed um, mixed opinions about that. I mean, me personally, you know, think that if you're at least you know 13, 14, 15 year old, and you know material, then, and you can do it very well, then you deserve a first-degree black belt. And here's why. Originally, in the Japanese arts, the, the shogun rank just simply meant that you had bypassed the basics. And that's it. You had bypassed the basics. You know, technically, you know, many schools in Japan, and you're a shodan, you're just a peon. You're not anyone until you're like, like shodan, yondan, or godan, third degree, fourth degree, or fifth degree, right? 
so you know it's 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 a stepping stone to learning the real stuff. It just means you're good at the basics. However, you know I think, and this is my opinion, I think that Western mode of thinking made the rank of shodan or black belt some something a little more elevated than you know what it originally was, right? So if someone's 13 years old, and even if they get a junior black belt, let's say. Let's just say someone's a junior black belt, um, and your dojo's uh, regulations state that someone has to be 18. Well, then, okay, if they're 15 years old, they have a shodan, a, you know, a junior black belt, or a legitimate shodan, um, or sorry, a junior black belt, a junior black belt. They have to wait three years, which is you know uh, average time between belt ranks. Um, another 18 to get their next rank. Now, let's face this, folks. With that three, a lot of things are happening, right? If they have the skill level and can defend themselves, um, as well as, you know, someone in your school that uh, is an adult as a second degree, then they deserve at a second degree not testing or showed on, you know, showed on, stuff like that. Anyway, so we talked about that, um, like prior, but for a lot of a lot of youngsters, um, I also think that some of the thinking has gone to their heads, and they start to, you know, form opinions about how things should run, and you know, no, you know, like Bobby says in the old days, you weren't even allowed to speak. You know, I hear people say, oh, well, kids don't understand the responsibility of being a black belt. What? You're putting adult responsibilities to a rank that means that you're just good at the basics. It makes no sense to me. So that's what I mean by, by, by you know, people giving an elevated status, right? Black belt is simply... You're good at basics. It's time to start learning that now because, you know, you're thing and you're, 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 you're still learning both third degree, fourth degree, fifth degree, right? And then you, can, then you can actually be that teacher, and, you know, uh, like that, right? So anyway, it's true, though. So for, for people to, to say, hey, you know, you're just a – on the other hand, like, it a little differently. On the other hand, if someone says, hey, you're just the first degree, you're even allowed to speak. Come on, think back to when you were a first degree black belt. You were excited. You're excited to like really learn stuff and you had ideas and dreams and hopes, right? And, and now you're there at your dream and hopes. Let's say you're a fifth degree black belt. You look down at that first degree and you go, shut up, kid. You know what? <laughs> it's those people at those upper ranks that really need to rethink what a being in. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Johnson writes in and writes, a good instructor should manage students and or the parents' expectations. If teaching Japanese art, then introduce the eight attitudes of Bushido. Let them know what to expect and what you, the teacher, expect. Indeed. In notes, I am um, uh, something to the 
here. Uh, Make the expectations and rules clear because um, they, and, and rules mean like regarding rank and manners and stuff like that. You don't teach the rules. Don't punish them the first time they break a rule, right? You know, I'm guilty of that where new students come in and I just forget to, you know, teach them the expectations of when to bow, how to bow, you know, stuff like that, you know. And, you know, one time a kid came in, you know, it was his uh, first day, uh, second day, actually. And uh, he came walking on in, and uh, my assistants dropped him for push-ups and didn't know why. And he said, why? You know, well, give me 10 more because just, you just argued with me. And I'm, whoa, 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 came out, and I went, whoa, stop, stop, stop. He's new, and I forgot to tell him that he needed to bow there. I just said, hey, come on in. So, you know, the, the expectations, you know, have to be put forth, yeah, but we also have to make sure that our staff <laughs> knows that sometimes, you know, those rules aren't taught and stuff like that. Um, anyway, Kevin Nobles writes, wow, that's Kathy Law. Much respect. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. That's awfully nice of him to say. It is. It is. Um, Lupo writes in and he says, an instructor should be able to handle the parents. Definitely. To be able to handle the parents, it's not just about uh, kids or adults in this class. Right now we're talking about, we're talking about kids and we're bringing in the how to be a good instructor. Um, but, you know, it's easy to be on the floor and teach kids. But you should also kind of have that skill dealing with the parents because, you know, they're, unless they're actually take classes there with their with their children or at another time, right, uh, at your school, they don't know what to expect. Okay, they know that Dojo or Kwon or Jung or whatever, they're bringing them in there for something that they want to see with their child. And what's that word they always want to see? What's that that they always want to see Progress. with their child? Progress and the D word. Discipline, of course. Yes, discipline. But they have no idea what to expect on how you're going to teach them discipline, right? So, um, you know, if, uh, if, you're, if you're one of those, uh, if you're being an over instructor, like, dropping people for push-ups, you know, if they so much as, like, you know, look at their mom one time, you know, while you're talking or whatever. And if you're really gruff and if you give people push-ups because they're not getting something right. My God, I've seen that. People get push-ups for not doing something right. Um, then that's what they see. You trained and it's acceptable. But if it's a kid's first week or something like that, um, or a parent's first time watch class, that's what they see. They see you profited for push-ups and punishing them for, do, for not doing something right. They see you rating them or singling them out for being the slowest, right? You know, or, you know, they, they see that you're comparing the child to someone else's child. Timmy can do it. Well, why can't you? You know, so 
these are things that we have to watch out for. These are the things that Dad had mentioned. You know, these are the things that we have to kind of our ego about. And if we've got an issue, if we're angry that day or something like that, we cannot and should not bring it to the dough. We should not. I mean, we tell people all the time, leave your junk at the door. Leave your you know, leave your junk at the door, your mental bullshit. Leave all your baggage at the door so you can come into the door with fresh mind. But if we can't do it, how can we feed that fresh mind, right? right? So It's very difficult, anyway. actually. Um, Bob says, disagreed with you about the black belt rank until you just said a rank that essentially means you're good at the basics. I'll have to think on that because it's giving me a different perspective. Yeah, well, you know, uh, you, you know, it's like, do I agree with like kid back belts or even first threes, you know, just chiming in, you know, when they're leading with the upper ranks? No, I don't agree with that because, you know, they're just learning, learn to learn the secrets of the art, right? So they can't have yet formed an opinion, right? Now, you know, if we ask low ranks, hey, you know, do you have any other games for the kids to add to, to the curriculum? Do you have any other activities that, you know, that you've uh, you've uh, made up as your role as a PE teacher at that high school? Then, yeah, that gives them a chance to speak up a little bit. But for, you know, a 10-year-old black, I had a <laughs> – yeah, this story, I'm going to tell you guys this story. So years ago, when I had my first school, we had uh, a type Taekwondo black belt come in, right? Nine years old. The mom was so proud of me. You know, she's a black belt Taekwondo. She even leads the class. And I'm like, oh, really? She leads the class? Yeah, she leads the kids' class. I'm like, where's the other instructor? Where's the adult instructor? Oh, no, she, she's, she, she's, uh, she's able to teach it by herself. By herself, nine. Okay, and this is, you know, notwithstanding, you know, the whole, like, liability issue <laughs> here. It's like, really? And I'm like, really? It's like, you don't believe me, do you? I said, you know, it's not that I don't believe you, you know. Let's just go ahead and try three introductory so that way she can see if our school is a match for her and I can see if she's a match for for our school. And she's like, well, sure she would be. She's a black belt. I said, in Taekwondo, and she asked me, the little girl, can I wear my dobak and my black belt to your class? And I said, no. She said, well, why not? She was so intense. I just wanted to go. But she said, why not? And I said, because you're not black than my style. So you will wear white belt. Well, she was pissed. Her mom, after the three lessons, was, you know, she's really not happy about being able to wear a black belt. And I said, why not? Is she still taking Taekwondo? That's once a week. Well, she can wear her Taekwondo black there. But here she is not black. And, you know, during the classes, she proceeded to tell me how to make the kids' classes better. Proceeded to tell me. I tell you what, I shut down real quick. Real quick. I was like, excuse me. And I looked at my belt. I looked at hers. And I said, last check, I was the only black belt here with, like, five more stripes than yours. So, you back line. 
<laughs> and she just, she could speak up. I don't know where she got this attitude. Oh, wait, her mom. So, there you go. There's my story about about kids, black kids that feel that they that they have enough, you know, clout to, to speak up, you know, with the big dogs. So, anyway, yeah, you know, I, that's just how I was brought Bobby, was that black belt was, was just way of, um, the first black belt was a, um, just a, a way of getting past basics, right? You've it's, mastered it's really a, Go ahead, Kat. No, I was just saying, it's, it's really unfortunate that she came to you with that sort of uh, in attitude um, because she clearly either got it from her instructor in Taekwondo or she got it from her mother or both. And for her to walk in feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm a black belt and I can do whatever I want, what happened to the humility of becoming a martial artist? Well, it kind of makes wonder if they actually taught that during the color ranks as they were coming up to humility. I don't think and, so. And compassion for, for fellow students. Um, with with that said, Penny Johnson writes and says, um, good instructors introduce good character building techniques. If they reach a black belt level at a young age, then it is a perfect time to introduce a subject that will help build them as fine men and women. Exactly. Thank you so much, Penny, for, for that insight there. Um, you know, and, and I think it's because, you know, as adults, we tend to look at ourselves as being above the kids, right? That we are every kid's parent, <laughs> right? Um, and that our belief should apply to that kid, you know? You know, years ago, I had uh, a young boy named Marcus. Marcus Titelii, and I, you know, just a wonderful man now. But back then, he was five years old, and he joined my studio. He was a natural. This kid was a wunderkind. He, the IQ out the roof, you know, and he was just a natural. And he, even as small as he was, five, six years old, he had snap. He had power. He retracted his frontics because you know how, how most times, you know, the little five. They'll put their kick out and kind of drop it. He snapped his. He made a lightweight gi pop. Come on, folks. You know, if you were a heavyweight gi, you know that a popping lightweight gi is hard to do. He would pop a lightweight gi. And he, his form looked as good as adults. Okay. And promoted him through the color ranks. And then I had to kind of do some searching when he got brown belt. Right, and this was legitimate brown. Belt. There was, the, there wasn't no, no jure brown belt, right? You have to, know, like, can't even do the math in my head, but uh, you had to know a lot of forms, <laughs> and you had to be able to defend yourself against older kids, teens, and adults. He did all of that impeccably. I cannot, so you know, there's an exception there, right? But I was kind of at a crossroads. What do I do now? What do I do with this kid? Like he was eight years old at this point, but then he he reached brown belt. What do I do to kid? Do I promote him? So what did you do? Well, unfortunately, he he interested in boxing. Not long after he got mm-hmm. brown belt, and he got interested in boxing and, mm-hmm. and decided to pursue that. And I was 
rushed. I was so crushed. But, you know, at that point, you know, I had to actually think, you know, if I promote them to black belt, am I going to get black backlash from people that think that kids are, are that a kid with a black belt is bullshit? Am I going to get backlash, you know, and oh, that kid could be learning the whole art? And to those people, I say, yeah, go ahead and punch him. Go ahead and try to pick him up and put him in a van, kidnap him. Go ahead, try. Because <laughs> that was you know, the kind of thing that I hate them. Yeah, you know, it's funny you should say that because then, we truly believed in our art that if you can handle an adult, literally, as as a child, let's say you're 14, 15 years old, if you can fight and, and protect yourself from an adult, then you do deserve your black belt. But I know that there are many other systems and styles who you know, beg to differ, um, lacking experience, lacking um, life experience, well, you know, more than anything else. Well, I've I, I've noticed that styles that tout themselves as playing techniques only, you know, the ones that that have that kind of attitude. We don't teach kids; we teach killing techniques only. Well, it's like, you know. We, we teach self-defense. Well, wouldn't you think that a kid should have that? Wouldn't you think? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I'm hands up right now. I'm frustrated at that. At action. Wouldn't you think that a kid should need that? Wouldn't you think, you know, don't, don't you, are you going to guarantee that a kid is going to get bullied at school? Are you going to guarantee the possibility of being kidnapped on the way to and from school? Can guarantee a kid that they're not going to deal with any type of, you know, conflict as they're growing up. They have to wait until they're 18 to learn how to defend themselves. Wow. You know what I mean? That's just my when opinion. My, <laughs> when my sister and I were eight years old, we were followed by, we were riding our bicycles in the neighborhood and we were followed by somebody in a car. And everywhere we went, they followed us. Everywhere. Until we That's- literally jumped off our bikes and ran through a couple of neighbors' yards into their backyards and down back alleys to lose the guy. But I didn't know any martial arts at that time. I just, you know, we just used our wits and got the heck out. But if I had known martial arts, it would have been a different story. Thank God they never got out of the car. But everywhere we went for at least three or four miles, they followed us. Wow. That's scary. That's scary. scary. And yeah. We had no phone. And we didn't know anybody in the area. We were just scared and trying to get on our bicycles and, and lose a car, which you can't do. You can't until you get off of it and jump through people's yards. Right. You know, and, you know, it's, it's stuff that we don't teach kids. But see, that's the thing. You know, again, I, I, I feel that, like, the people with that kind of attitude are the people that tout themselves as killing art only and stuff like that. Now, if you have a killing art, then great. And if you want to teach kids, that's great. But if your art can be broken, you know, even then, any martial art can be broken down to its simplest components. And if you can't do that... If you choose not to teach kids, that's fine. But it's usually, you know, because of one of two, one of two things, one three things. My art is killing art only, and we're not going to teach kids that because they're not going to be able to respect it. Or two, cannot break down the material into its list concepts. 
or three, they can, but choose not to. Um, you know, Kung Fu Sun Tzu is, is all about striking vital targets and hurting people. I mean, causing serious damage. We taught that to children, but there was always, always do not hit somebody or practice these techniques on somebody unless they attack you first. And then even then, because they were at school, we'd tell them, if you get into a fight, you're probably going to get expelled. So if you can tone it down, tone it down. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, we really taught them about as much respect as they possibly could. It, only in a dire situation do they use it, only. But they learned how to stick their fingers in people's eyes and hit them in the windpipe and stomp on their knees. They learned. And they were very <laughs> nice. responsible with it. Very cool. Uh, Matt Stone writes in. How you doing, Matt? It's uh, waiting until they're 18 to defend themselves. I know martial arts teachers who don't teach adults how to defend themselves because they're afraid someone might misuse information. Seriously, that's the argument provided. A martial arts teacher who has studied and learned martial arts his or her whole life won't actually teach martial arts to students? Let's think. Um, I got my black belt when I was 15, folks. My first black belt. And to hear people say, uh, you know, you have to be 18. People under that don't understand the responsibility of a black belt. What responsibility other than learning more so you can teach it? You know, just because you get a first degree black belt doesn't mean you know how to teach. I've met a lot of great black belts, but not all of them can teach. Uh, it's like, oh, my gosh, you know. <laughs> Anyhow, um, I think we had already mentioned this. Um, do not berate or use too much force on, on your students. So, you know, Kat, you, you, you told me the other day about a story about, I forgot who shared it with you, but it's uh, a story about uh, visiting a school and the teacher demonstrating with a live blade. Can you can you uh, tell us a little bit about what you remember of that story? Yes. I am friends with um, Francis and Tracy Fong. They went on Facebook and posted that one of their students was visiting another school. Mm-hmm. Now, the instructor of the other school used... Tracy Fong's student as a demonstration person to demonstrate. And that instructor pulls out a live blade and demonstrates a technique and ends up cutting the student so badly that they had to stop and take him to the hospital. Oh, my God. Yeah, took out a live blade and realized too late that it was a live blade. How do you do that? How do you do that? I don't know. I don't know. No idea. I, That's you, severe negligence. I, I have no idea. That makes no sense. Uh, I mean, okay. Uh, so what was trying to prove that I can use a live blade? You know, or I, if it was I a even if it was an accident, he accidentally picked up a live blade. You know, wouldn't you think that you like check it first because this visitor we're talking here. Of course you check it first. Oh, my Lord. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I really don't know the circumstances and how it came to, to, to 
to happen that way. But, you know, just as any instructor who teaches weapons at all, you have to check. You just have to check. It should be just an automatic default safety check that you do. It has to happen that way. Right? John Lupa goes, jacking me. Really? Yes, really. Yes, oh my really, God. it happened. Kat, Kat sent me a screenshot of, um, of the original post, and I, I was like, what? <laughs> I just can't believe it. I was stunned. I didn't know what to say. How do you respond to that? It's like, oh, my God, that is just horrible. I mean, of course, the instructor feels horrible, but there's no excuse for it, really, honest. There's right. no excuse. You have to be the utmost professional. Yes, we're all human. Yes, we all make mistakes. But when you're going to demonstrate right. on a student, there has to be that, okay, let me make sure this blade is good. Blade is good. Let's go. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I, I can check my sticks because even like, you know, sticks can have like a, you know, the little note could be weird. And I might have to change out to a non-noted stick or something, you know, you know, out there, colleague, you know, and if some of you know, you pick up a stick, right hand down it, the, the weird way, and it's one of those sticks that has nodes, like rip your thumb apart. Yeah, you guys know. So I even check those. No, even check wooden knives because of centers. I mean, yeah. you know? Well, you know what else? Working on a film, the prop mm-hmm. master, his sole purpose is to make sure that whatever weapon you're using is safe. And uh-huh. he's a prop master. He's not a martial artist. He's just the prop master. So that no matter what weapon you have, it has to be absolutely 100% safe to use, period. Right. Right. He's not wow. even a martial artist, folks. <laughs> He's a prop yeah. master in a film. And guess what? Yeah. It, it's it's something you just have to do automatically, especially as a martial arts instructor. You know, that well, yeah. leads me to to another another issue that I saw on Facebook. Okay. Leslie had sent me this video of a guy demonstrating a jiu-jitsu technique. Oh my God! Um, okay, I have the video. So okay, I, have video. I want I want you guys to see this. You have or if you haven't seen it on Kat's page or my page, um, let me put the screen share on so you guys can uh, follow this. That's what my studio looks like, folks. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Okay, so now let's uh, go over here. Let's go over here. We're going to go to this video. Um, now, a little bit of context here. This guy is teaching. Um, a grappling move. I think it's BJJ Nogi. Um, but uh, this is what not to do. Let me go ahead and bring the floor. How many of you are outraged just watching that? I I check I this out. Not... 
tapping. You're not dead yet. Now you can tap. Who the hell dictates when their partner can tap? Who the hell does that? What I don't heck? know. But in all the years, all the years of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that I've been taking off and on since 1993, I, I've never, ever, ever seen or experienced such disrespect. It's a, it just boggles my mind. Oh, my And this is what's being taught to children by this guy, Seth Daniels from Denver, Colorado? Really? Yeah, I called him out. Yeah, you know. <laughs> out. <laughs> he blocked her. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't even want to talk via messenger. I mean, come on. Come on. I well, mean, wasn't, he, wasn't he also stating that if anybody has any problem with what I just did, then send me your address and I'll send you a box of gummy oh, dicks so that you can yeah, just yeah, eat yeah, them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Let me see so you can this real quick. So let's go back to well, this share. And that way you can see how what he wrote. Basically, get that here real quick. that sort of behavior is to contact the Better Business Bureau, uh, contact Yelp, and, you know, complain. If, yeah, if you, you can't... Know, I mean, okay, I could, I'd love to go down there and give him a beat down. I'd love to go down there and just spank him. Yeah, fat old lady, I'd love to do that. No problem. But... <clears throat> then we have to deal with the legalities, and of course, that's what do you you know? What is that also teaching? You know, you don't. 
Yeah, you know. Well, it is, yeah, I mean, he it, needs it, an attitude adjustment, but you don't just go down and beat him up. Well, yeah, I would say, and I know you're not going to go down, but I, I sure wanted to. I sure wanted to, you know, just, you know, send him a message. But you know, two people already got blocked in, the, in that. Had you got blocked, and because um, she like. said he the guy, and I was going to also, but, but no, I, I actually didn't want to be blocked because you know I don't want to find out what else he to say about this, right? You know, now if Brittany, the gal that he was working with, it was good, good, good with it afterwards, and went, yeah, you know, I, 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 I went to sleep, whatever. Okay, that's great. But doesn't change the fact that he undermined her judgment. Undermined her judgment. Now, I don't know if he was doing it against another guy. You know, because some guys out there would be like, well, if a guy did it to a guy. And but, you know, it wasn't even that he, it was more than him undermining her judgment, but he just completely disrespected her and disregarded anything that she said or felt or, I mean, tapping. And he knew what he was doing. He knew the position he was in was going to put her out quickly if he wasn't careful. He knew that. Right. He had it in tight, too. You know? And it burned did. me. It burns me when people, because I've dummied you know, a lot of people, I've dummied for a lot of people, and it burns me when, because it's, you know, it, this happened sometimes before. People I will tap on something. Excuse me, I'm a pansy. Or what does that make you look like? That you're oh so skilled? What? You know, tap means tap. Tap means stop. You know, and if you make somebody tap you know, at, at what you think is very little pressure, you're doing it right. You know, you're doing it right. But you know, and that's kind of where I think he was at. You know, he's doing it right. He's got his hips locked in there. There's no gap anywhere. And it felt like there's nothing going on. But all it takes is just that inch. Your hundred artery is not even an inch under your, under your skin. I mean, you know, people, he wins. <laughs> all right. Um, John Lupo says, I got a better idea. Kevin Nobles writes, MMA practice lack respect for tradition. MMA is a quick fight for it. It has no foundation, no discipline, but the best fighters in the sport so have also have a traditional martial arts background. I saw that, and I was going to say, Kevin, I'll have to disagree with you there. You know, I've seen Marshall. Not not all um, fighters have a traditional not background. Not all of them. No, but I know that. It's, not all of them. But when you're in the sport of MMA, you know, yeah, yeah. I get it. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, you know, and that's just speaking for, you know, MMA practitioners out there that are respectful uh, because they know the nature of it. It's sport. Whereas, you know, you get the guys that kind of think they're going to be like Billy Badass, you know? And this is kind of an off-topic question. Is it a requirement? Is it a requirement for, like, badass jiu 
tattoo people or bad SMA people that have tattoos all over the neck? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not a it's not a requirement or a prerequisite. <laughs> what the hell? Tattoos on the neck and on their face or like on their you know on their back here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no. And John Lupo, John Lupo also, I'll get my attitude adjustment back, Kat, and I'll help you. <laughs> you know what? No. I, I would love nothing more than to go visit that young man and have a discussion with him. He's married with a child. And I think, really, what is he teaching his kid? Exactly. So what's he going to do, you know, when he's starring with people or starring with girls, rolling with the girls? You can't tap. Yeah. No, you. Yeah. You know, if I ever saw something like that out of a kid, and they were like, you know, in, in the ring or something, like I would so step my ass up there, grab him by his little belt, pull him off, and go, "We're leaving." <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness. Um, Matt, Matt says, I don't care if this was male or female. His action shows. A couple disregard for the student's safety. That's the problem. Yes, I agree. As I said earlier, I would say that I don't care if they're male or female. You know, uh, in, in fact, I agree. Kind of mindset that the same mindset that his supporters had probably it was a girl doing to a guy. She's just being a bitch, or she's penis or something like that. Seriously, you know. Just the attitude of some people, you know, some of these people, you know, some of some women are like, how, why would you do something like that? You know, how, when she should tap, have you ever met guy? He's a great guy and done more for jujitsu than you ever will. The hell is that supposed to mean? So, hell, what, done more for jujitsu, what, in his neck of the woods? No, uh, wait, um, what, is, what has he done? Behaving this way? What has he done? Other than oh, he, show disrespect and disregard for anyone's safety. What has he done? Nothing. He's like, he's like an executive or founder or something like that for fight to win contest. Fight um, to number two win. Yeah, and I'm, like, I'm sorry, thinking, but any asshole can be a promoter. I'm sorry. Yeah, and even then, I'm thinking my Really? You're on the ground. It's all, call all of that fighting? But, you know, <laughs> I know it is fighting, but, but you know, I hear the word fight, and I respect the all of the above. Anyway, I say no, no respect. Hating um, when someone else can tap. Um, now, Eric Dura writes in, and he goes, when we're pressing or training, we tend to tap early because we don't need get hurt. Still have to get, go to work the next day and spend a couple days in the hospital just because we want to tend to be badass, not tapped. So, um, I remember one time, like, one of my students actually um, broke her arm during a demonstration because everything was moving pretty fast and she, really she was really good about tapping early. In, um, even with full, full speed techniques, so, if you're listening, that's why I went. They were they were demonstrating sparring, and I was explaining what sparring was, and I said, "Okay, let's go freestyle. I'm just gonna shut up." And uh, Amy tried to get um, 
a lot on on my student Lisa and ended up underhooking her. And normally Lisa's really good about when she feels something that she that she knows will probably break her arm or, or, or dislocate her shoulder. She'll so that way, you know, so we'll know to finish the technique, but at a lesser level, right? Anyway, they're going and we didn't tap. Broke Mm-mm. her arm. And, Mm-mm. you know, it's just within an inch. Folks, if you get that leverage right. <clears throat> no, no. And, uh, you know, I and, 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 and at that point, it wasn't a case of somebody trying to be badass. It was one of those flow things where you know, Lisa just didn't recognize what being on. And, you know, like a trooper, she got through the rest of the presentation with a broken arm and then came yeah. to classes for like months so, you know, with a cast and still train. Okay. That to me is badass. You know, when something happens and people acknowledge the accident because it was happening in flow, not something that was, you know, or something that happened because someone was just being a dick, right? That is badass. They can, you know, go through that. Um, and Elena, your mom says, I agree with Eric. My, my hand is all ready to slap. I'm ready to slap because, boy, I tell you what, you know, you get the, when you're teaching kids like dick compressions or throws or something like that, you know, sometimes, especially throws, sometimes they'll get the angle wrong and they'll go again against your knee or they'll go against your joint or, you know, they might fall with you, you know. I mean, I'm ready to tap and I'm ready to make sure that my elbow leg is straight underneath a fling child. And I will tap, Lee, you know, just to let them know, hey, you got it. You know, I'm not going to let them put it on. Just see, you know, because anyway. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I watched that video at least a dozen times and each time it made so pissed. So apparently it pissed Cat off enough that she, she would she would mess the guy. <laughs> yeah, I directly messaged him and he won't she won't respond to me at all. And you know, so be it. But I see that but he's now right. taking the video down and he's facing a lot of a lot of uh ridicule and Obviously, he doesn't like the comments. <clears throat> well, no. You know, I, you know and I'm, I'm fairly certain that he's embarrassed by what he did in some level, but uh, his ego won't allow him to correct it. His ego won't allow him to say, hey, I'm sorry, that was, that was crass of me. I shouldn't have done that. Well, <clears throat> yeah. And uh, according to um, some other people, <laughs> DVDs out and stuff like that, not only does it less on them. So what not to do... An instructor, don't don't be rude, don't be crude, and don't cuss. You know, try not to class. I mean, let me be back. I cuss sometimes because you know, times I I use words to put this on something. You know, like yeah, you feel it really hurts. Definitely not in any kids' class. Janie Larkin Miser adds to the don't be a dick and no cutting up the kids. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious because, like, you know, I, I, you know, I can only imagine some of the we, you know, we killing techniques, that kind of thing, right? You know, you get it, you know, 
you know, get the ass out of the corner or something like that, right? You know. So, yeah. So yeah, don't don't be um in instructor. Um, touched on this a couple weeks ago, also, but you know, don't proposition your students. Here I'm gonna drop that bomb. That's fucked up. <laughs> there we go. Don't, yes, don't proposition. There we go. That is fucked up. That is fucked up. You know, I don't. I don't care if if I've heard the the same excuse time and time again. Well, if this is all I do and this is what I do, you know, nine to five. Then where else am I supposed to meet people? Wow. No Snapchat, Tinder, <laughs> Facebook. You know. You know. There's still a few hours in a day where you can go out and meet people. You know, hell, join events and adventures if you're in the area. That's a great place for singles, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Those issues, kids. Anything else for you guys? Um, yeah, people are not happy about this guy. Um and I haven't, I have checked his, uh, well, I haven't checked his profile in a while, but if you said he took down it, did he take down the bag of dicks post? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't looked. Well, let's see here real quick. Where do you look? writes, I've learned and teach as well that between our brothers and sisters in the dojo, we take it easy against other schools. You know how it is. Beat up the other guys, not your, your own team. <laughs> Left my butt off. Um, oh, you know, um, this just came off of a DVD. And he writes, my favorite moment of my DVD when I accidentally put Brittany to sleep. My favorite, my favorite moment? My, my favorite, favorite moment, really. Wow. Favorite my let me screen share this real quick. Here, it's it's small, you guys. I know. My favorite moment of my DVD when I accidentally put Brittany to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. <clears throat> Yep. So, let's see here. Uh, uh-oh. Am I playing the video? Oh, yeah. Comments. Here's this guy that said his videos are the greatest. Um, and people that say, can't stop laughing. I can't stop la- laughing. And, um, you know, you all know you're being the ooky. Ooky. It's ooky, folks. Ooky. If you're doing any kind of thing 
that has to deal with a Japanese art that has any background in the Japanese art, it's UK. UK, one who receives or a receiving or receiver. It's not uki. You know what uki means in Tagalog? It means your crotch. <laughs> well, maybe in their yeah. case it's appropriate. Yeah, who knows? But he writes, you all know when you're being the okay for someone, you take a chance to be choked out, armbarred, or thrown in a way it might not be pleasant to fall for. You do so Tori can show the technique effectively. He he spelled that right. Good job, Brittany. Great okay. And I'll admit, you know, sometimes accidents happen. Accidents happen. He could have. No, they do happen. And clearly he was surprised. But to say, don't tap, or go quit tapping, now tap. Now you can tap. It's just like, really? She's tapping for a very good reason. Yeah. He was so involved in, in in his own mind and what he was doing that he just could not step outside and realize that he's hurting the person he's demonstrating on. Right. right. Um, I was going to ask my little friend. Hmm. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> organization would strip my rank for this, Kevin Noblis writes. John Lipu says, I'll put him to sleep. I know, you know, because we don't want him right back. And and uh, saying that, you know, we're, we're, we're uh, slandering him or anything like that. It's not slander. It's true. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> you know? Uh, uh, let's see here. Every time someone does a creative walkout at uh, fight to win the BJJ pure, or as I call them, trolls on Flowplank Reddit lose their minds. This is where BJJ is going. Cringe. This is not jujitsu, and all, all type of other things are said. Well, I'm pretty sure BJJ matches aren't supposed to have, have walkout songs or half a million dollars in concert production during their match, and grapplers aren't supposed to get wads of cat after a match. Fight to is about having fun and making money while going in for the kill. I can't understand that. Keep spending money on your 150. Registration fees, membership cards, and fight for five of the metal. Fuck, negative ass haters are fucking exhausting. <laughs> oh man. And then this other guy. I'm having drag queens this time. I don't even know that. But anyway, he had a picture of the gummies, and people are asking, "Are you still? Are you still? Uh, uh, <coughs> you still in out the gummies? The bags of dick." Basically, he's telling he's telling people that that uh, you know if if you hate what he what he posted, suck dick. And I'm sorry, I've, I've been this whole like you know rigmarole that I didn't get the phone lines. So let's pull up a phone line. Area code two seven zero seven zero. You're on Dynamic Talk Radio. Who's this? I'm starting to get finger cramps. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to take my little heart away. <laughs> Sorry. What are your thoughts on anything that we've been talking about lately? Uh, okay. For one, what the fuck? Two, what the fuck? And three, three. cat. And three really? cat. What the fuck? And Rusty, what the I, fuck? Feel, I feel a road trip coming on. It's just <laughs> down deep in my soul. 
maybe. <laughs> Bob Robinson wants to join us on that road trip, so I think the I think the group of us are going to go. I think I need to pick him up on my way to come get you guys. Uh, okay. So sometimes ego has nothing to do with it. Sometimes guys are just jerks, period. You know, they let their uh, testosterone get ahead of them, and everything is kill, aggressive. I mean, it, it's just downright disgusting uh, in my mind. They're not gentlemen. They're just buttheads. So, you know, um, I I have a guy who does that um, that I train with um, in, in my Okinawa style uh, jiu-jitsu that I do. And um, I'm, I'm very cautious and very aware of everything that I do. Um, when I'm being a UK, um, you know, it, it, the minute I feel the slightest bit of pressure, I'm tapping. If you don't heed my taps, then mm-hmm. I'm always one step ahead to get you off me because I am not going out for nobody. Yeah, and that cause this particular situation, she could not do that. And right, know, unfortunately, she couldn't, yes. The sad thing is yeah. we can talk to Blue in the Face about what we should do, but... Here is this guy uh-huh. doing these videos saying, and everybody is praising him, everyone who knows him, of course, the guys. Hey, he's doing uh-huh. so, so much for jiu-jitsu, meaning he's allowing these people to, to participate in tournaments. But right. what they're not seeing is how disrespectful he's being and what to do about that, just that alone. No disregard for his safety. But what do we do right. about it? Really? Right. I mean, exactly. Go to the Better Business Bureau. Go on Yelp, go to a school directly, email him directly. I'm going to email him. I doubt I'll get a response. Well, who is this guy under? I mean, does he have a grandmaster? Does he have an association he's with? Or is he he just out there by himself? That's my question. I mean, because there's got to be somebody, you know, yeah, Better Business Bureau and and that type should be. But he has to be. I mean, I would imagine he had to be attached to somebody. He learned it somehow. Um, Well, yeah. Kind of wearing black belt and BJJ or something, you know. Right. But even then, you can't get in your black belt. That takes years, you know. Um, Over 10 so, in you know, Yeah. I mean, exactly. it, you know, he, he could have legitimately, you know, earned a rank. You know, there's no doubt about that. I'm not really questioning his rank at all. Yeah. I'm just, I was, I'm, I was just about the video. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's and that's where mine is because I I, uh, I know a lot of people around here. Uh, we have one guy that does BJJ, and um, my youngest son had trained with him at one point in time. Um, actually, his, this gentleman was actually renting out a space in my dojang to do um, BJJ, mm-hmm. and uh, my son. Once he got on his back, he didn't know what to do. I mean, he was fine when he was on all fours, but the minute he got on his back, he was done. Oh. Um, and he would, you know, give him a hard time about it. And But you know what? If you're not sitting there and you're giving him instruction, you're getting down there and saying, okay, now here's what we need to do. We need to hook this, hook this leg here. We need to put your hand here, you know. Right. Let him think, you know, show him the leverage points and what you need to do to knock that person off balance, you know, to get off your back. I mean, when I'm training my self-defense on my ladies, you know, we do we do some ground stuff and it's all about knocking the guys off their balance, you know, mm-hmm. pushing and pulling. And 
um, he wasn't doing that. He would just yell at him, and, and Canyon decided that, you know what, screw this. I'm not. I'm done with it. You know, if you don't give the kids, if you're not given proper instruction and you're not, um, you know, giving them, I'm not, I'm not necessarily praise, but a positive feedback, why would they want to stay with it, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know, so take take your testosterone, take your 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 nuts the size of grapefruits, and shrink them down for the kids for the sake of the kids, and pay attention to your UK and stop thinking that the only way to train people is by choking them out. I mean, there are ways to train people and let them know how it feels without going too far. Uh, exactly. You know, when exactly. you know the killing art thing gets me because what do you what is a martial art that's not a killing art it all has potential exactly but i think what we're saying is like you know we teach we teach adults only because we teach them how to kill and you know and i forgot who who commented but um they they said that you know someone chooses not to teach kids because they just don't want to but the one mm-hmm. has its own like they they can't break their art enough for um for um for, for, you know or they're just yeah. and uh you know or too you know scared to admit that they are so they just say we don't teach kids well then, then that's good and I don't want that person training my kids that okay Dodgers I don't want exactly. anybody who's going to be like that around my kids. You know, exactly. Because okay. you know, the teachers out there that, that say, "Here, do it like this," but they don't have the wherewithal. You know, these other teachers that'll be like, um, "You know, now this way," and then they just show off. Right. Now do it, and then they then they berate you for not doing it like they did. It's like seriously, right. really. Now, yeah. John Lupo says, "I wish like change the subject." Before someone gets pissed off enough to go over there and pull his head off. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and change the subject because we've got a little bit of time left. Let's go a little bit more. Into- uh, we have, you know, um, addressed some fun um, with you know, how to be an instructor, and they and uh, a lot of them, if not all of them, apply to kids. So <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about more about teaching kids. I'll I'll start. Um, if you're going to teach kids, you have to ask that kids have have a significant difference in their cognitive skills. Their you know, cognitive skills and their reaction. I mean, if you're going to sit there and use a logic on a kid and try to explain the intricacies of physics or you know, whatever, right, they're not going to get it. You know, they're there for, you know, a different reason. They're there because it's fun. They're there because they're learning a, a, a good skill. They're there because they're enjoying the sense of discipline that they're learning, right? All these great benefits that they're learning. They're not there to hear you talk science about lock or no. that sweep, or grappling maneuver or whatever. They're not going to, you know. So the thing you is, that make it interesting for them. you have to make it make 
interesting them. You know, I'm a firm believer to take one skill and develop five that one skill. And that can mm-hmm. take up just a, you know, a, an hour right there. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I'm a firm believer in that. And you know what? If you get it right, the kids won't notice. They've been doing the same thing the whole hour. <laughs> Especially if you're doing it in the form of a game or an exercise, and you know they right. they're they're learning exactly what they need to be learning, right. and it's fun. And it is fun, you know. That's why I went to karate class. It was fun, you know. We did all sorts right. of like, you know, games and and games to learn the strategy of sparring. Right? It wasn't so much hit here, hit here, here, but know games that made us think and if we got one on our got a point on one of our partners and woo you know it was fun and you made new friends and you know those friends came for sleepovers you know i'm kids don't don't understand that you're not going to go you're not going to teach you know five six year class and explain the intricacy of you know of i don't know Proper leverage for this arm bar or something. You know what I mean? Right. You just tell them. Yeah. You can't get too intricate with it because they just, they just, you get lost. You know, they, their, their mind is only good for like a few seconds, like a nap. They're they're only good for a moment. So you got to hit that point and then drive on. You know, Um, I, uh, when, when I was teaching the kids, um, I always met them at the door. I made sure their uniforms were ready and their belts were tied right. You know, it was even their, you know, dress, right, dress. And then we all bowed on the floor together and we would all run together. I did not, my kids didn't do anything that I didn't do, you know. And then if I had one kid lagging behind if we were doing basics or whatever, then I instructed next beside that kid. Yeah. And we worked yeah. on it together. You know, it's... Yep. And then I would goof around in between, you know. I was serious, and then kids knew when I was serious. But then if I cracked a joke or something, it kept their mind. It's like, okay, well, Miss Jane is not, she's not dead set on this right now because she's having fun with this. So, you know, I don't have to feel like um, that I'm all nervous and tense and I'm not ever going to get this this move and stuff, you know. Right. You give them a little bit of, a little bit of a technique thing is quick and easy as possible and older than okay let's up let's up this technique a little bit get a little older let's up this technique a little bit until they get perfect you know it's it's just baby steps you can't rush kids yeah exactly i'm a firm believer that a good teacher a good martial teacher or movement teacher shouldn't teach from the front of the room Mm -hmm. you should get in and and you know physically correct them if necessary uh, but with that said, speaking of physical correction, kids, you know, you got to be careful, folks, if you're going to physically move somebody's arm or leg or whatever. Just be mindful of, you know, where you're touching and how to look from the lobby if people are watching class. Yes. Right? That's why um, you, a good instructor yeah. should know how to should know how to verbalize the movements the way they need to without touching. Exactly. I mean, I will grab like finger or you know, if, if somebody's punch isn't 
Then I'll just put my hand where it should, and I'll go touch, and they'll extend, and I'll go push. Okay, hold it right there. So I've touched their fist, but it's not like I've reached around them from behind. You know what I mean? Right. You know, yeah. a lot of, you know, those aware things that, you know, as kids' teachers have to do, um, that's tough where, you, you know, you have to figure out, again, like, like Minnie was saying, you have to figure out ways how to explain things so people do the correction themselves or if they can't or don't know what you're talking about, you know, point it out on the floor or put their feet. You know, they're not bending that front enough for that bow stance. I put my just the tip of my finger at not keep bending your knee until touch is great. Now hold it. That's perfect. All right. I want to see that belt Bouncing forward. Okay. Good. Correct. You know, it's, it's, um, you know, and I think that's just one reason why some people just don't prefer to teach kids. It's work. <laughs> <laughs> right. It is work. It is. But it's also it's rewarding. Work. To see, especially when you've got a kid who's not as coordinated as the others or doesn't remember as well as the others, who can't do as many push-ups as the others. And when you see them progress and you see the look on the face like, oh, my God, I got it, that aha moment, yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's amazing. It's so It is an amazing moment. John Lupo writes, you know, kids, if one of them manages to make a connection with a, a kick, they're going to be proud of it. And that pride will show. Indeed, that pride will show, and they'll put that same amount of work into other techniques, you know. And I was talking a little, little bit about uh, my little five or six year old uh, boy, Marcus. Uh, 90 seconds. Do you guys hear that too? The lady screaming in my ear 90 seconds. That's okay. I can actually, as long as I have Janie and Kat on the line and none of them hang up, we'll see him online because after blog talk radio goes off the air then they, they won't be able to go back so that's what happened last week cat phone lines technically are not able to take calls but we're actually i'd be quiet uh but since we're still connected <laughs> we still, yeah. anyway, everyone's still there right cat you're still yeah i'm still here <laughs> okay good um yeah so the Anyway, that sense of accomplishment is what drove Marcus his, uh, in his quest for improvement. And like I said, he was a little, little wunderkind. He was a natural, and he just took direction, like, peccably. And, and his dad would tell me, yeah, he's, like, asking me to rent all sorts of martial art movies and, you know, food movies and this and that. And he just wants to gobble it all up, and he did, you know? Out of curiosity, I gave him numbers and I'm like, here, you know, let me teach you a little bit of nunchaku, and he's like, home and like this day and you know day and night. And I was like, dude, the kids like six, incredible, right? Amazing. Um, yes. So, cat, what is a, a tip that you might have for for teaching kids? Um, understanding that kids' attention spans are very short, so yes. you know, keep keep them involved. Teach them, however, um, if you don't change it up and do something else fairly quickly, you're going to lose them, and they're going to lose interest, and they're going to get discouraged. They're not going to do as well. And you know, my my thought was just 
keep it as busy as you can. Um, change it up as much as you can without, yeah. of course, losing structure, without losing what you're teaching. Exactly. I think it was a little while when I was teaching uh, preschool-aged kids, that were even younger, like two and three years old and three years old. So these, these kids... Uh-oh. You start? We're here. We are here. We're here. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. I just heard a weird noise. And it was just so much fun to just teach them balance and colors and connecting numbers and things like that. And they didn't even, it had nothing to do with martial arts, but it did. Right. Um, I've got one. Um, and I said it a little before in how to be a good instructor, but this applies also for teaching kids. You know, make your expectations um, and rules clear. If you don't teach the rules or don't um, make clear what your expectations are, then don't punish them the first time they don't meet an expectation or the rule. Um, like I said, I've seen people get dropped because they just know any better. Right? Um, when we said, you know, make your balance clear with your kids. Um, now, many schools break down the belt rank into stripes, or into, you know, partitions. Tend to tell more frequently. Cause, I mean, think about this. You know, like I, I don't think I said this, but kids um, not only have a cognitive difference, and not only do they have a reaction time difference, they're not going to act as quickly as an adult would, but they also have a different understanding of what time is. So if you don't tell a child that uh, that they're not going to test until, you know, three months from now, right, and they see all these other kids getting yellow belts and orange belts, they're going to go, when do, I get, when do I get the new belt, right? And, you know, and then, of course, you know, if, if one of your rules is you don't ask to be tested and you get pissy about it, well, if he doesn't know what that rule is, how are you getting pissy about it? <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Right. Make your belt requirements clear, you know, break up into ranks, you know. All my ranks have like four or five stripes in them depending on the rank. And they're breaking up they're broken up in you know, and in the middle of all that they get a different type of belt. So like for example, our yellow belt at the it tips until the third and then they get a yellow belt with a black stripe down the middle. Right, and then they get the rest of their tips on that belt, and you know they look forward to that. They look forward to those little tips. Say, hey, I got this new form, or I've got you know this set of new techniques or something like that. And you know, and it and it also is a great way for your staff, your, your staff, to look at a kid's belt if you can't remember who's who. So look at a kid's belt and go, okay, they know this, this, and this, and this based on that. Okay. Now I know how to better work. So it's a, I, think it's a, I think it's a great thing. Um, back to you. Let's do more uh, tips for teachers and uh, to call it a night. Who are you talking to? Janie. Sorry. Jamie, okay. 
Because I'm thinking I I couldn't hear what you said or couldn't understand what you said, and I thought uh, if they're costing me, then ah uh, crap. <laughs> well, all right now I have my phone setting up in a window because I'm at my parents' house now, and uh-huh. we're surrounded by trees. <laughs> I don't get oh. signal very well. Oh, so I'm lucky. So I'm having to readjust. So every now and then, most of the time you're pretty clear, but then it breaks up just a tad. But um. Okay, so when you get a student, especially you get a newer student, they don't know all the rules and stuff, as you explained before. Don't get down and dirty with them because they didn't bow on the mat correctly and they didn't call you sir or ma'am properly. Give them opportunity. You have to give them cues. You know, you give them instruction, you always say, yes, ma'am, or yes, sir, you know, to let them know that that's what they're supposed to respond with. Don't automatically start giving them push-ups and jumping jacks and stuff like that. They're not meaning to be disrespectful. They're just learning how. Now, there are some that are just disrespectful because, you know, like junior black belts, they think because they have a black belt that they don't have to no longer call you sir or ma'am, and that is wrong. We all call each other sir or ma'am out of respect, no matter what rank you are. I still call my white belt sir or ma'am. I would, I would think as a junior black belt, you know, they're coming up in the ranks. They, they would maintain respect because that's the way they were brought up, at least in that, in that art. Mm-hmm. So they would continue to call you sir or ma'am or by your official name as you wish to be called, I would mm-hmm. think. Well, you would think, but I've had some, well, instead of calling me Miss Miser, they would call me Jane. And I'm sorry, uh, you know, if you guys want to call me Jane outside, fine. But in the dojing, you have to set the example as well. You know, when you're in school, you're in school. You're in class, you're in class. It's yes, sir, yes, ma'am, no, sir, no, ma'am, Mr. or Mrs. whoever. You know, I see that with it with adults too. You know, adults, adult black belts. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, visiting schools, they'll they'll call the the head instructor there by their first name in front of the students, and it's like, right. um, what are you doing? That burns me because mm-hmm. you know it makes students comfortable, right? Because they were brought up with. You have to call them sensei or sir or ma'am or shifu or shiga or whatever. And here's this visitor calling your teacher, your master, by their first name. It makes them uncomfortable. It's for right. weird visit, right? You know? And right. It, I've seen the adults, too. Oh, I'm a black belt, so I'll just call you by your first name. It's like, sorry, seventh degree. Uh, No. <laughs> You know, and or, you know, it's not out of ego. It's more like you know, just come on, you know, just no, no respect because this is for students now, right? For but even you know, even outside, for as close as I am with uh, Grandmaster John Suarez, uh, you know, he's my instructor in Kenya uh, Oshun, uh, Raul, and. He keeps telling me, he says, Jane, just call me John. Just call me John. I'm like, uh, no, sir, I cannot call you John. It's just 
not in me. It's Masters for us. That's <laughs> just the way yeah. it's going to be. You know, we'll yeah. go have a beer and stuff, but I'm still going to call you Mr. Suarez. <laughs> We've had a lot of people like the show, like Bill Wallace has been on the show. Just call me Bill. Just call me Bill. You know, and just other people. Just call me, you know, this or what. You know, and, and you know, I guess in an outside of a situation like this where we're in a show, that's, that's great, you know. But right. you bet in your dojang, you know, you'd be smarter, you know. I always refer to right. cat amongst students as Coach Cat, right? right? And anywhere, and this is Sensei Jacques, or this is, you know, Sensei Smith, or this is, you know, Johnson, or whatever, right? You know, it's right. to allow the dojo, you know, and the parents yeah, exactly. know. You know, they'll go, Sifu, I have a question. They don't call me Rusty or Rashida or whatever. They, you know, because they know too that they have to set that example. You know, it takes right. a village, so to speak. <laughs> it's a village. Well, what, what do we got here? Let's see. We've got Jumpo. Um, it's eight oh nine. John Lubrick. Don't expect every kid to do the same thing you would do in the same situation. It's important for the kids to think laterally and to learn how to think laterally on their own. Um, asking to increase their chances of survival when we can. There we go. Um, and Matt Stone goes, I don't have ever called Rashida anything other than Sifu outside of FB. And even on FB. <laughs> uh, but you'll still be my beau. <laughs> You rock. <laughs> you rock. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, we are uh, slowly running out of time here. So, Kat, before we, uh, before we go off air, do you have uh, any any other comments based on how to be a good instructor or just on teaching kids? Well, I think, honestly, just try to get out of your own head. Um, remember why you're there. Remember what you're doing and the reason for it. I think that is something that to remind yourself every day when you walk in. You know, it's not about you; it's about them. It's always about them. Right. Right. Amen. It's always about them. Right. What about Jay? Any last-minute comments? Hey, Amanda. Just treat the kids with respect and give them a give them a break. They're just kids. You know, right. Adults are totally different too. Absolutely, yeah. you just gotta give them a break, man. Yep. Clay, Worley, uh, just just a little bit ago, and I forgot to say hello. Shout out to Clay. Now, Rick Kellerman is asking. So, what do you do with kids who have uh, oppositional defiant disorder, just bad parenting, and they're just defiant? That's a good question. That's a good question. It you is know, a good question. I found that I've only had two teenagers that I've had to deal with with um, that type of behavior. One of them was at the school that I work at, and uh, the second one was at my jang. The the first was so defiant. He literally tried to step up to me and said, I, "I can't kick your ass. I don't need this kung fu bullshit. You know, this is stupid." And I'm like, "Just." And I, you don't talk to me like that. I can talk to you any way I want. I can kick your ass. And at that point, I had enough of it. So I stood up from my chair and I said, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. Now what? I'm right here. 
and then he just walked and I thought to myself, you know, I could do one of two things. I could keep calling him. I'm right here. What are you now, a pussy? Are you a pussy? I'll talk no action. Oh, yeah, tough man, tough guy. You know, but that would just make, you know, that would just break down, you know, his attitude more. It would make it worse. It would, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just make it worse and make his disrespect for anyone of authority worse. So I just said, I just said, you just got to remember, if you're going to call somebody out, you better be ready when people spout. And I'm ready to spout. But you, you don't want that. And I know you don't want that. So sit down. You don't have to do Kung Fu today. Just sit down. But I just need you to be quiet. I just gave him that choice. I made him think that that was the choice. But I wanted him to sit down because he was disrupting the class. But I made him keep that choice. And after class, I went to the principal and I said, this will not happen again. I will not have this kid in this um, in this class ever again. And he ended up getting expelled the very same day. Because, you know, that was the first time he'd ever stood up to uh, stood up to a uh, uh, someone of authority, right? And, you know, I you thought know, maybe he kind of sad that he, he, he did that in the school, the private school, right? But it wasn't yeah. in your martial arts school. If that had happened no. in the martial arts school, how would things have been different? The other students would have schooled him. They would have told him to shut up. His own peers would have told him to shut up. And be quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, man, why are you being stupid? You know? So, you know, because I was guessing that this kid, you know, was not fitting in at the time. Um, he was wanting to make friends. And there were several people in the popular group that he wanted to impress. So let's stand up to the teacher. That'll get me, get me points. Right? It didn't. Right. He got held. But, you know, at my school... The other kids would have them to be quiet, right? And, you know, when parents come and get them, that kid will see me talking to the parent. <laughs> you know? I had something it very similar to that happen to me um, when I was teaching kids. He was about 12 years old, and, you know, I think I think that he was starting to grow hair on his balls, so he felt he could speak up and say something. And it got to the uh-huh. point where he was so disruptive that I eventually asked his parents to take him out, and he wasn't welcome. Wow. Don't know if that was the right way to handle it at the time, but I just felt I had no choice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get, it. I get it. Um. So, but to answer Rick, Rick's question, it kind of depends on the level of the of the behavior. Right, some kids are just, you know, disrespectful, just because they could have perfectly good parenting. Right, they could have perfectly good parenting, but it's the people they hang out with, it's what they see on mm-hmm. TV, it's maybe their emotional makeup. Right, but then you have the kids that actually that actually have oppositional defiant defense disorder, and, and um, it's just. You know, I don't. I don't even really understand what it is. In my head, I just pretty much tell myself that, you know, the kid that just absolutely has, you know, a, a, just a bore authority, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, wants to challenge everything. It's not necessarily to get their way, but you know, someone else has 
the control. And they're right. right about it. that's what what that's what I say in my head. I don't I don't think that's even the real definition of oppositional defiance disorder. <laughs> no, but I uh, I just try to get on their level. You know, I try to see where they're from. You know, I just you know, um, I just let them know that okay, um, I had a kid yell at me a couple of times, and I said, look, am I yelling at you? Am I jumping down your throat, teetering on your wishbone? Isn't this nice that we're just sitting here talking and you can you can go ahead and tell me that you're upset? It's okay to be upset. You know, you don't have to like it. You don't have to do anything other than just join in the class. But if nobody's yelling at you, then there's no reason to yell at me. You know, you 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 have to give what you want to get. If you don't want to be yelled at, then you don't yell at me. Because this exactly. could quickly go the other way. You know, exactly. and, and once you kind of ex- once you kind of just sit there and let them know that, for one, okay, she's not putting up with my bullshit, but right. she's not yelling at me, she's not screaming at me. You know, maybe that's something that's going on at home. Maybe it's not. But if you call them out on their bullshit in a in a kind of oh, I want I don't want to say a. Uh, therapist kind of way because I'm no therapist by any means. I just try and try and get them to understand that there's no reason to act the way that they're, that they're you know, the way they're acting. Right. You know, and most of the time they chill out and they're like, okay, well, I'll give it a shot. And if I could tell them, you know what? Give it a shot. If you don't like it in a month, tell your parents to reevaluate the situation and you guys go do something else. But tell them, if I treat you a certain way, you treat me this way. And you're like, okay. And for the most part, it works out. Yes, kids, especially when they're older, like 14 and stuff like that. Um, at least what I've found, you know, a lot of them are defiant in my class because they don't want to do it. Um, and mm-hmm. at the point, not necessarily because they don't want to do it, because they don't look stupid in front of their peers. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like, right, for example, exactly. I, have I have this rule where there's no hats. No hats, you know, not even even hoodies, right? You can have a hoodie, but, right. you know, bring it down. Your, you know, shoes are tied, hats are off, pencils and pens out of your pockets. That's it. That's, I say that every morning. Hats, shoes are tied, hats are off. And every time with a with a baseball cap, I have to take his hat off. He's complaining. I'm having a bad hair day. You know? I could be a smart ass and say, well, you should have got up earlier and taken a shower and combed that ears. You know, <laughs> or, you know, or what I normally say is, you know, come on, if we're all paying attention to what I have to demonstrate, have to teach or whatever, no one's going to be ragging on you about your hair. Right, everybody? And everyone's right. I'm like, right. Okay. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, and, and but no, this is an age where kids are so preoccupied with how other kids see them, how other kids will look. Like, so I'm having a bad hair day. It could be the worst thing ever, right? Mm-hmm. I had a girl like freak out a couple of years ago because she broke, broke a nail. She broke a nail. <laughs> <laughs> God's sake! And she completely freaked freak out. I can't do wish I can't do wish I can't. I'm like, what? You know, I guess I broke a nail. And just jokingly, I said, so that affects your arms move up and down. <laughs> but, but I broke the 
and nail. And, and just that was her world. Right? I mean, you know, yeah. 12, 13 years old, and she's going to get manicures and stuff like that and wear makeup and stuff. And I'm just like, whoa, okay. You know, I can't do whoosh. And I've just the stupidest excuses, too. I can't do whoosh today because my hair hurts. Hair hurts. Well, yeah, my mom, my mom put my my hair up in a, in a ponytail. Well, take it down. Well, my mom will kill me if I bring the if I take the ponytail down. What mom would kill you for for wanting to be a little comfortable? <laughs> you know, it's just it's, at that point, it's because they're a lot of it is fear. They don't want to look stupid, so that they just much rather sit there and get the points on their support card. It's kind of like their daily report card. Then, you know, and they'd much rather go and talk to the principal or the, you know, or our counselor than participate. They'd much rather get in trouble than participate. That's how important some of these kids' fears of, you know, not being accepted, not being, you know, seen as the cool kid or whatever. That's how serious some of this is. And it's kind of, it's kind of disconcerting and kind of sad. Kind of wild. Uh, what if a student in your class whose parents signed them up for this class, but they actually show interest in taking martial arts class? That's kind of what we're talking about in a way, John, is that the parents sign their kid up for a martial arts class, but the kid doesn't want doesn't want to, right? I've had several of those instances before where the kids are saying, or the parents are saying, I want the kid to learn discipline and stuff. The kid knows that the parents are looking to, to find some kind of a, a program so they learn discipline, so they have to follow rules, so they have to learn consequences. And they don't want that, right? And at that point, now they're embarrassed because someone else knows that they're acting like fools, <laughs> right? And, and they don't want to look stupid because they're a beginner and they don't want to look, you know, fumbling or awkward looking stupid. And doesn't want the other kids laughing at them. They don't know that the other kids won't laugh, them, laugh at them. It's their fear. Right? It's a, right. Yeah. It's pretty well. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. what, does anyone remember there was a there was a, an acronym thing for the word fear. F-E-A-R. And I forgot what what, does anyone remember? Uh, it Fear used to go around. Forget everything and run? Or. Um, what? Fear, forget everything and run? Okay, yeah. What was it? Or, something or something face everything. Speed. Face everything and. I can't remember. I'm going to look this up because I remember. He us this acronym um, and it was I know real was um, was one of them um, well apparently there's forgetting everything about reality future uh, future events already ruined oh here it is false evidence appearing real real that's correct false evidence false appearing real evidence that's a good one appearing real 
feel. And I remember that for a while until uh, until I forgot it just now. False evidence appearing real, and that really is something. Um, that that really is a fear with the kids that are you know just trying uh, just figuring out what their own identity is when they're growing up and they're finding out what their own responsibility is. They can uh, can handle what they cannot. You know, they want to be young, but still want and crave that parental guidance or that mentor guidance. But, you know, sometimes that the, 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 the want and desire for extents into the group supersedes everything else. So it's, it's, it's a big struggle getting for those, you yeah. know, angst teenagers. False evidence of Anyway, I'm I, I remember. I remember what the other one, uh, other ones were. <laughs> what were they? So it was think everything <clears throat> and rise, or forget oh, everything okay. and run. Your choice. Oh, okay. And then there's forget everything and remember false experiences of being real, finding excuses and reasons. Um. That the, that the future events are being real. Um, false expectations about reality. Like that one. False expectations about reality. Apparently, from some book named Ragweed, it means feline enraged about rodents. Anyhow, <laughs> and frantic effort to avoid reality. There we go. So, there you go. Teen angst. There you go. Great. But, you know, we have to understand that. Because sometimes, you know, not all kids will stand to you because, well, you know, try to step up to you because, you know, they're, you know, just, you know, oppositional or have a disorder that causes that or angry all the time. It's because they're scared and they don't want to be that thing that, that they don't want to be that thing that cries all the time. They don't want to be that thing that pansy or a pussy, that kind of thing. So they'll just stand because, you know, as they say, anger is a secondary emotion. So what is their first emotion? Embarrassment, fear, whatever else. So we just have, we as instructors just have to understand that for those older kids. Well, it is 8.30 and John Lupo, John Lupo was like, time Keep on spinning, flipping, thing, flipping <laughs> into the future. <laughs> You're gonna get done 20 minutes ago, so time keeps flipping. All right, well, thanks everyone. We're gonna uh, get you guys out of here with a little bit of music. Thanks, Cat, and thanks, Janie, and everyone for all your comments and uh, for chiming in on these two subjects: how to be a good instructor, what not to do as an instructor. Um, and teen kids. So thanks, everyone. Tune in next week. Um, and uh, just look at Dynamic Dojo Facebook page to see what the next is going to be or the next guest is uh, uh, the next guest is going to be. See you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Have a good night. <laughs> Bye, Bye everybody. <laughs> All right. Where's my music at? Where's my music at?